Life Audio. To name those false desires is one way to begin to, to simply notice the ways in which our habits are, are forming us more away from the things of God than actually following God's good limits. I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. And after a quick word from our sponsors, my guest, Ashley Hales, and I will be back to talk about how following God's good limits invites us to live a spacious and restful life. But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Ashley Hales is a writer, speaker, and host of the Finding Holy podcast. She is the author of Finding Holy in the Suburbs and A Spacious Life, and her writing has been featured in Christianity Today, Books and Culture, and the Gospel Coalition. Ashley's married to a pastor, and they have four children. Now, Ashley, I... I'm so glad that you have made space to be with us today because I'm really anxious to talk to you about living a spacious life. As soon as I saw the title of your book, I was like, she has to be in this series. So thank you so much for making space for us. You are welcome. It's a pleasure. So the podcast series that we're in right now is about moving from anxiety toward rest. Um, And so obviously this whole work that you've been doing on living a spacious life is about moving into a restful way of living. And so I really would just want to start there and have you talk about what does it mean to live a spacious life? And where did that idea even come from? You know, I think um, the the subtitle of the book is Trading Hustle and Hurry for the Goodness of Limits. And usually we don't think of putting limits and spaciousness together. Um, so much in our American way of life really focuses on that hustle and hurry and that the more we can do, the social ladders we can climb, you know, even in parenting, what sort of accolades your children receive, all of these things that we tend to view as markers of a good life. And we kind of think if we can hurry through the thing, whatever the thing is, that this sort of spaciousness will come later. 
It's kind of the carrot on the stick that keeps us going. And yet I found, you know, as um, a busy mom of four um, in ministry alongside my husband, that really the, the ways in which I was most able to be myself, um, to work in my own calling, to stay in my lane um, and connect with Jesus really happened actually not through doing more or working harder, but actually in recognizing and honoring the limits that God has given to me. So whether that's like limits of my body, um, my attention, my affection, the limits of my place, uh, rather than kind of trying to be in all places at once, that limits were actually a doorway into a more spacious life. Mm, I love that. And I'm so resonated with what you just said about how it's something out there. Yeah. Like we think, okay, if I get all this done, then I can rest. Then I can enter into this spacious life that I so long for. Because when we're in these crucible times in our lives, when everything just feels very chaotic, we long for that deep breath Mm -hmm. type living (laughs) that you're describing. Mm -hmm. And so, and I also love that you brought up that it's within the limits and boundaries And so let's talk a little bit more about that because it does feel a little bit antithetical to the whole concept of spaciousness is that there's actually limits and boundaries that lead us to spaciousness. So where do we see good limits and boundaries? Mm -hmm. Because I know you talk about them all the way back in the very, very beginning. So I'd love for you to even just tell us about how God has set up some good limits and boundaries. And those Mm -hmm, are invitations mm -hmm. for us. You know, I think it's, it's funny. Like you think just as a, as a little bit of a word picture, you know, something like Ikea, like if Ikea did not have those little here, the arrows, right. To follow through. And it was just like this big box of everything you could ever desire to, (laughs) to set up your house it would feel completely overwhelming. I mean, it already does. (laughs) But there's a sense of if you follow that pathway, there's a sense in which you're able to take in that information, or even thinking about a playground, that it's actually in a fenced off playground that children have the ability to creatively move and play and feel Mm -hmm. safe. And those are some helpful ways of just thinking about, oh, actually, we need limits. So whether it's a speed limit, or, you know, even realizing that our seasons have limits, Mm-hmm. limits actually help us be safe and they help us be creative. And you think about that all the way back in the very beginning of Genesis, that limits were imposed upon creation and they were imposed upon humanity as part of God's good plan. So limits were not a result of sin. Often we think, you know, we have to crush things and just some of the language we use about, you know, like to be limitless is kind of the ideal but those are actually the results mm-hmm. of sin. You know, so if we think about in the very beginning that God's creation was given limits, right? That there were seasons and that was good where the land would lie fallow. And that was before sin. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a curse um, that planets have orbits. They have a particular place to go. They can't just go wherever they want. Um, that human beings in the very beginning were given to one another in a covenant that you know, Adam and Eve had to actually be faithful to one another and not just to anybody, um, you know, that they were given good work to do, that they had times of sleep and rest, and they had times of walking and communing with God and with one another. They had times of work. And all of these sort of rhythms are built into God's good creation. And so 
what's fascinating is that, I mean, and we all know these stories and they're very familiar, but when you kind of put the angle of limits, is that actually those limits of their time, of their bodies, of their relationships, of their season are actually good. And it's actually when sin comes in that we try to bypass those limits. You know, Mm. I find it Mm. so fascinating. You know, one of the words that we use for sin is trespass, which really means to go beyond, right? And so sin is ultimately a moving beyond God's good limits. And you see that, of course, in the garden where Adam and Eve want to be like God. They want to be limitless. And really, God's good for us. And the redemption that we get in Christ is to actually live according to God's good limits. And as we live within those good guardrails, we'll find that sort of spaciousness that we crave. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I was contemplating all of this this morning and praying through it and reading the rest of your book. And what stood out to me is almost the other side of limits when you're in this wide open space and you don't know where to go. We wander around and there's this sense of limits actually guide and direct us to go to the right path and to, you know, take a next good step versus Mm-hmm. just wandering aimlessly. <laughs> so that was some that the Lord was right. kind of it, this whole visual image of this mm. wide open field, which seems very lovely on the surface and, and very desirous, like, oh, mm-hmm. the, this, you know, green pasture, but without a shepherd is actually a wandering yeah. Yeah. space. And we need the good shepherd to guide us through it. Mm-hmm. So I loved you spurring all those ideas on for me. So, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some of the things that you invite us into as ways to live within these limits. And you give some great um, tools and even practices that we can do. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to just maybe choose one as a practice that we can have for living into a spacious life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, what's what's one thing that's interesting is as I was trying to really kind of take all these theological concepts um, and tell them in story and then also try to figure out, okay, what does this look like on a day-to-day life? Like we can all read a book and go, oh, that was really fantastic. But like, how do I actually live this out in my day-to-day life? And one, one kind of stickler for most of us is social, social media, let's say, um, or just media in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, there's ways in which I think it's just helpful for us to see kind of what's the umbrella picture, what's the promise of the false promise of, of media consumption. Um, obviously, it's, it's wonderful. It allows us to have these sorts of conversations um, when we're separated across space. But, you know, what when we log online or we start scrolling Instagram, that kind of the false promise, or we can chat with people all over the world on Twitter, is the sense that we can actually be everywhere at once, right? Mm-hmm. That that we can have a conversation with someone in Australia and feel connected to someone in Texas and, and be commenting about someone's real, you know, who's in Scotland. And all of these things help us. It gives us kind of this God-like adrenaline rush, right? You can be God. You can be all things and be everywhere at once. Um, and yet, you know, the practice on the other way is to actually to know maybe what our phones are promising and the false promises of those phones um, to begin to then bring that to God in prayer Mm -hmm. and to realize, Hey, 
some of what I'm doing when I open up Instagram and start, start mindlessly scrolling or judging people and what they say on Facebook is the sense that I am trying to be like God, right? And so even just bringing some of these practices that become habits that we're not even aware of to God in prayer, to to name those false desires is one way to begin to to simply notice the ways in which our habits are are forming us more away from the things of God than, you know, actually following in God's good limits. I also tell a story in A Spacious Life about, you know, farmers, it's often heard now, but, you know, farmers in the Great Plains and what they would have to do in these kind of blizzard-like conditions is to tie a, a physical rope from their barn to their house. And so, because farmers in these whiteout conditions that would just come out of nowhere would find themselves um, severely injured or even would die feet from, you know, a foot or two away from their back door. And because they couldn't see, they didn't have something to hold on to. And so there's a sense in which having a limit to that physical rope that they would hold from the barn to the house actually provided them um, life, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of death. And so I think it's helpful even to think about scripture as that rope. And so um, I've even printed out various scripture verses. Uh, um, I had it actually as a little pre-order gift for my book, but you know, like, that you can keep these on cards, just these scripture verses that remind you of who God is and who you are in Christ. And they can become ropes to kind of mm-hmm. help us find our way back home. Um, and so even, you know, putting up a sticky note of a particular verse, maybe it is that, um, you know, Psalm 23 or Psalm 16, 6, that my, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places as a reminder that your limits are good, mm-hmm. maybe putting that on your bathroom mirror or when you're doing the dishes or on the dashboard of your car to re-remind you about your identity and rather than kind of defaulting maybe to a phone. We're going to take a break here for a quick word from our sponsors. And then Ashley and I will be back to talk about all things spacious living from what scripture has to say about it, Ashley's personal experience doing it, and some very practical tools to help you start living a spacious life. I would love to talk about some of the personal experience for you. One of the things that you say in the book that I thought was so great is that um, when our hustle runs out or the hurry exhausts, Jesus is kindly bringing us to the end of our rope so we don't have to keep running any longer. So I would love, if you're willing, tell us about an experience that left you feeling like you were at the end of your rope and how you experienced the kindness of Jesus in that situation to bring you mm-hmm. out of that hustle and hurry and into spacious living. You know, I think um, a lot of, you know, when I said that's tried a spacious life, a lot of it, of course, was informed by the pandemic um, and the obvious limits that we, we didn't sign up for um, that were imposed upon us. <laughs> um, and, you know, that, that, that process, actually, when I was writing a lot of the book was during the pandemic, although it had already been contracted. And so it was funny that my outer circumstances were actually quite influential, even though it didn't it didn't proceed from that originally, as far as the ideas behind it. But, um, you know, when the pandemic hit, we, we were, uh, we, our lives were pretty upended. Our four children were home. We were, you know, into Zoom school. And then, you know, throughout that course of 2020, my husband ended up stepping away from his pastoral position 
We sold our house. We ended up homeschooling our kids for that year. And we didn't know at all what God had for us. Um, And I think in a lot of ways, we were hoping, okay, like circumstantially, whatever God has for us is going to be great and perfect. And, you know, the reason we've had all this turmoil is, you know, so that our circumstances will all line up and make sense. Um, But that wasn't the case. (laughs) You know, we had months of wondering. We um, even had Mm. a year that we were we had work, but we were like, I don't really understand how this all fits together. Um, And I think, you know, coming out now several years from from some of that disorientation, one, I think we realize the limits of all of that change and transition and that they're still in our bodies. And it's important to name that and to not just be like, oh, well, Mm -hmm. now we're settled and good. So let's just move on and keep hustling. Um, But I think, you know, the other realization is in those in that disorientation, you know, where hustle and hurry had run out and we couldn't just work our way into a new calling or vocation or vision about what, where we were going as a family was the sense that part of what God was doing is forming us. Right. And that that was as valuable, if not more valuable to God in mm. the story that he is writing, not only in our lives, but in the lives of his church globally that who we are actually is the point. <laughs> and, you know, you you will, as you walk with Jesus and as we are formed through suffering and pain, often um, through our limits that we don't want, and as we acquiesce to those, we find ourselves being formed into different sorts of people. And so regardless mm-hmm. of what I'm doing for quote-unquote work or what where my husband is pastoring, or even if he's in a pastoral role, like the people that we have been formed into, and we still have a whole lot of work, <laughs> um, but the people that we are formed into, we can walk into different contexts and have a sense of kind of this non-anxious presence. That will be a minister, a ministry to, to other people and to our places. And so I think it was just helpful helpful to remember that those times of turmoil where you don't know up from down, you don't know what God's doing. It's not the circumstance necessarily on the other end. That's like your carrot to get you through. Uh, It's God himself and to trust that your formation is more important than your circumstances. Oh, so good. And I, I like could just put my experience right on top of yours and say yes and amen to all of that. And I, I keep thinking what, what you just said, who we are is the point. And I think what we get confused is we think what we do is the point or what we produce is the point, or even what we receive from God perhaps is the point. Mm -hmm. But what he's really interested in is the formation of our soul, our character, Mm -hmm. um, and us into more and more into the likeness of Christ. And that's where we become more and more useful in the kingdom. But it is so hard because it's slow work and it's uncomfortable work. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just very uncomfortable. And I think everything, when we're in those hard situations, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I'm guessing I'm speaking for you and maybe others as well. But when we're in those hard situations, we are kind of kicking and screaming the whole way, wanting relief wanting the answer, wanting Mm -hmm. the next thing to come so that we can, you know, wake up and not Mm -hmm. go, what in the world is happening, Lord? Why is all of this happening? 
you are in a new place, which is good. Mm -hmm. And I imagine the Lord is still teaching you a lot about Mm -hmm. letting go of hustle and hurry. Uh, Your book came out a number of months ago. I'm curious, what has he been teaching you even since then about how to live in this spacious living way? I think, you know, just over the last few years, as the book has come out and and some of my work life has changed a little bit, and we are in a new place, is that I've begun to trust kind of the, the slower process of belonging to a place, um, of belonging to God, uh, even in our own marriage and family life, to, to realize change is slow, <laughs> and yet it is mm-hmm. good, and it is possible to change. And so I think there is this sense of both, this will take hard work and intention, whether it's, you know, addressing patterns in our in our family or our marriage or in our work lives. And also, you know, that I can trust that God is good and with me through it. Um, it is not that I have to work hard so that I earn his love, um, but that he loves me as I am. And so holding those two things in tandem um, have just been a good companion to help me not rush ahead mm-hmm. of the spirit um, either in well, if I do all of these things, then I'll feel settled and secure. Or if, you know, if I could just stop this bad habit, or if we, since we're new, you know, could all of a sudden have our, our friend group all sorted out, you know, and we knew all the fun things to do in this new, new spot, then I would be okay. You know, as we use those sorts of if then uh, language, it really, it really reveals to us, you know, the state of our hearts and simply bringing those to God and say, Hey, I'm, I'm chasing this, this carrot again. Would you, would you Mm. be enough? Gosh, that's so good. And I hear all of that. And I just, I resonate again with everything that you're saying about how we can slip back into that way of living. And especially when things ramp up, you know, there's a deadline that has Mm -hmm. to be met and uh, you Mm -hmm. know, there's something that has to be done. And I think the thing is hustle and hurry doesn't mean we're not actually doing things that God is putting in front of us. So they're not opposite or they're not, one does not equal Uh the other. It's just the heart posture that we're doing it in. Correct. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's really important to say because often we think, okay, so if I'm going to live in the space of life, does that mean like who's, who's going out and earning an income? Right. Or like (laughs) I have lots of children or lots of volunteer opportunities. Does it mean I'm not doing any of that? Right. Um, And not necessarily. I think, you know, the point is to, to ask ourselves some really good questions with the spirit of God and to see why, right? Why we are doing that. Or is there something that needs to go so that there is actual margin in our lives? Mm-hmm. And that's a possibility too. But we can often think, right, of the spacious life as this like perfectly curated sort, sort of life of once I get all of these lovely things, my ducks in a row, then I'll be okay. You know, we can mm-hmm. just apply all of those hustle and hurries uh, kind of tactics from work Mm -hmm. to our spiritual lives as well. You know, once I get the Bible reading plan done, then I'll be okay. Uh, But to remember, you know, that this is a constant invitation to walk on this narrow way. And it, yes, it doesn't mean that we don't work hard, but it does also mean, you know, that there are periods of rest, whether, you know, that's sleeping and prioritizing our sleep and not, you know, getting kind of mentally drunk on Netflix, you know, binging Netflix shows <laughs> way into the early hours of the morning, you know, that, <laughs> that we have some of these like prioritizing sleep, prioritizing, you know, being with people, prioritizing 
Sabbath rest. These are kind of our our rhythms, even in busy seasons, are really important. Yeah. So we do a, a scripture meditation, and the scripture we meditated on was from your recommendation of Psalm eighteen, verse nineteen. And I love it. I expanded it a little bit to be verses 16 through 19. And this psalm is just this beautiful psalm. It's the psalm of David, and he is in distress, and he's crying out to God. And then God reaches down and rescues him. It's like, it's almost this visual image of him getting pulled out of this like chaotic water, maybe that's pulling him under. And then it says this in verse 19, he, God, brought me to a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. So I would love to know why has that verse been meaningful to you? Tell me why it's important to you, what you love about it. Just Mm -hmm. give us some insight into why you chose that. Yeah. You know, I think often, right, when we think about our limits, it feels really like claustrophobic or it feels scary. And, you know, we feel maybe closed off or gosh, I can't achieve what I want to. And and so this idea of a spacious life, um, we often think about in terms of what we can work hard to achieve, right? And then we will have this sort of spaciousness. And what's so beautiful about that psalm is that it is, as you were saying, it starts with rescue, right? And it ends in delight. And so there's mm. there's a sense in which to get to the spacious place, we must be rescued. We have to be rescued from ourselves. Um, it is not something that we can earn. It is a pure act of God's grace for us. And yet it is not like God is shaking his head at us and kind of mildly annoyed with us and condescending to us in the sense of, ah, gosh, that stupid person just messed up again. Here I, you know, pick them up by the hair. <laughs> um, but rather that, you know, as a parent delights in his or her child, even when they are doing something ridiculous um, or, you know, disobedient, that God has gone to the ends of the earth, right, to in past to rescue us from our sin and from ourselves because he delights in us. And so holding those two things together, we need rescue. And yet we are delighted in, and it is only by that gracious act of God that I will be able to get to this spacious place. It helps ground us when we feel like we're we're ready to to fall apart or to you know that we'd rather just make things on our own. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking about the listener who is desiring to live a little differently, desiring this spacious life. I mean, that's the whole reason they're listening mm-hmm. to this podcast. They're like, yes, I want that. Tell me yeah, how. Yeah, so, yeah. what would you say? Yeah, what would yeah. be a, a next step or a word of encouragement to somebody who's really seeking to kind of live, to leave behind the hustle and the hurry mm-hmm. and take a step toward this invitation that God is extending mm-hmm. to us? You know, I would encourage him or her um, to just start to practice some silence with God too. I think often mm-hmm. we can even see our spiritual disciplines as, you know, check boxes or things that we need to do. Um, and so silence uh, can't, you know, in the presence of God and to, to give that, that time to God, to be in his presence can make us really uncomfortable. Um, hardly anything is silence, right? We don't even go for walks without our AirPods and uh, to listen to a podcast. And so there's a sense in which choosing silence is, is a way for us to, to reacquaint ourselves with those probably 
you know, slightly nervous parts of ourselves. Like what, there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes up, mm-hmm. whether it's your grocery list or um, just, oh, that, that regret or, or, you know, that sin. Um, and to yeah. bring those to God in prayer too, to release them, I think would be one kind of very practical way that we could, again, begin to experience that mm-hmm. delight of God. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, just a few small spiritual disciplines, silence, um, even if it's two minutes and you have to lock the bathroom and give the little <laughs> children, take it, um, <laughs> you know, uh, obviously scripture, prayer, community, I think too, is really important to commit yourself to a local community and a local body of believers. Um, because there is, you know, as God is a community, he has, he has built us for community. And so often we can think if I just have my perfect little spiritual experience in my closet, that all will be well, but, um, so much of our limits, right. Show up in community that, Oh gosh, that person really bugs me. You know, what's that about? Or I find that that person is so much more gifted at this sort of thing. We need one another to, you know, put on this event and, um, our limits are exposed in community and they're healed in community. Mm, Thank you for those encouragements. Well, Ashley, this conversation has been such a delight to have with you again. Thank you so much for making space for us today. You're welcome. Thanks so much. Well, I'm going to put some links in the show notes for how people can connect with you and how they can get your book. And I'm also really excited to tell you guys that IVP is going to give the so much more listeners 30% off of Mm -hmm. Ashley's book. So you can find all the details in the show notes. I know that's great news because it's a really good book. You guys, (laughs) I loved reading it. Also just, Hey, before we sign off a few quick notes for me, one is if you are enjoying this podcast, would you do me the great honor and favor of leaving a quick review? It is just a quick and easy way that you can support this ministry. And then the second thing I want to do is give a quick shout out to the team at Life Audio for their partnership in this podcast. And if you go to lifeaudio.com, you're going to find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts, and they've got shows about prayer and Bible study, parenting, and even this one on scripture meditation and great conversations with people like Ashley's. And as always, I do just want to thank you again for joining me on So Much More because we really do believe Jesus has so much more to say to us and we are creating space to listen. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.